Well, the Dallas Stars had a busy weekend filled with two games on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, we saw the Dallas Stars complete a heroic comeback win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And on Sunday, we saw a lot of good things, but ultimately a disappointing result against the St. Louis Blues. On today's show, I'll break down both games and talk about an issue that maybe the Stars need to continue to address as the season goes on if they want to be successful. All of this coming up on a mostly positive Monday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, and you are locked on the Dallas Stars on this Monday, January 10th. And like I said, to open the show, it was a crazy, jam-packed, busy weekend for the Dallas Stars, playing a game at home at the AAC against Pittsburgh on Saturday, and then closing out the weekend in the city that shall not be named on Sunday against a division rival. Uh, Also, crazy, you know, overlooked thing, from the chaos of this weekend in the world of sports. Big shout out to Stars play-by-play announcer Josh Bogerard, uh, of doing a solo broadcast on Sunday uh, in their game. Uh, Razor testing positive for COVID just hours before the game started. So Josh, of course, you know, the professional that he is, uh, took it head on, took it in stride, and did a fantastic job in my book. I know that many Stars fans love the combo of Josh and Razor. Certainly hope that Razor stays healthy, all things considered, and that he is back in the booth soon because I know that his energy and love and knowledge of the game is beloved by hockey fans all over and especially Stars fans here. So best wishes to Razor uh, and huge shout out to Josh for delivering a great call yesterday on his own. Uh, Certainly, I'm sure not expecting that going into that road trip to the Midwest, but uh, he took it. He's a professional uh, and he did a fantastic job, if you ask me. So really, really cool to see that. But before we get into breaking down this weekend's games, do you want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you find your podcast app, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. No matter where you listen or how you listen, the show is always 100% free, just like Evander Kane is free of an NHL contract at the moment. Well, without any further hesitation, let's get right down to business. Starting off with the positives, talking about Saturday's huge win for the Stars over the, at the time, red-hot Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins came into Dallas riding a 10-game winning streak, and early on it seemed like they might stretch that streak to 11. Uh, All signs seemed to be pointing to that early on in the game. Uh, It was truly an incredible game for Dallas just because of the way that they won the game. You know, they showed a lot of resilience. They were down two to zero early in the first period. Jake Ottinger seemed to be struggling a little bit from goals from Brian Dumoulin and uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Really quick bang, bang goals too. I believe they were only 15, 16 seconds apart, give or take. Uh, looked uh, Things were looking bleak for the Stars, to say the least. Uh, looking like, you know, that they weren't going to be able to continue some of the heroics that we saw from them on Thursday against the Florida Panthers. And it looked like they might be, you know, going into these weekend games, 
dropping two points right off the bat. But after those two, two goals, a lot of really good things came from the Stars team, including from the guy who gave up those goals in goaltender Jake Ottinger. Uh, after he gave up that second goal to Kapanen, he really locked in. 27 saves, a .931 save percentage, all around great effort from Jake Ottinger. I know I tweeted about it after the game. Just an unbelievable performance from the kid, a guy who is still kind of finding his footing, finding his grip here in the National Hockey League. Done really well. I think exceeded a lot of people's expectations and, you know, quickly becoming a fan favorite amongst the Stars faithful. Um, really, really impressive performance. Stepping up huge down the stretch, especially to help keep the Stars in that game, help sustain that lead after the go-ahead goal from Rupe Hintz, which we'll talk about in a second. But really, really good stuff, just the way that he played, but also responding in such a way after giving up two quick goals. I think it's easy for really any goalie in that situation to just kind of get in their own head, roll over and die. Uh, but he he stayed fighting. His teammates kept supporting him. I'm sure Braden Holtby was giving him some great advice over on the bench and in the locker rooms during the intermissions because I think Holtby is that good of a teammate. And he, I think he believes in a guy like Jake Ottinger. Bonus believes in a guy like Jake Ottinger. And clearly the other skaters on the team believe in Jake as well. And so I think that this is the kind of game that's going to define who Jake Ottinger is as a hockey player so far as he continues to establish himself here in Dallas. Hopefully we'll continue to see him long-term with this organization because I really, really liked what I saw from him on Saturday afternoon. Another guy that I really enjoyed watching on Saturday afternoon was Denis Gurionov. This is a guy that at the start of the season I predicted would be a breakout player for the Stars, a guy who is well-known by many fans of the organization, but not necessarily well-known by outsiders, people that are fans of other teams, casual fans of the NHL. This is kind of a guy that's flown under the radar. And even early on in the season, had his fair share of struggles. He's had flashes of greatness. He had the game winner and the home opener against L.A. He had a nice goal in Calgary against the Flames back when the Stars were still in a little bit of a rut to start the year. But he's really turned things around out of this COVID hiatus. He you know, clearly racked up a good amount of points in the return against Florida. And then he got the scoring started for the Stars in this game against Pittsburgh, which ended up paying huge dividends for the Dallas Stars as it kind of got the momentum rolling. It felt like one of those games where the Stars just needed to get one point on the board in order to really get things going for the offense. And that and that's what happened. Uh, Dennis shoots the puck. It gets blocked. He gets his own rebound and then throws it back up. Just absolutely great resilience, a great follow through, great focus by Dennis Gurionov in order to get the Dallas Stars on the board and back into the game. He also had a really nice defensive play. He had a really good chase down. I believe it was in the third period. I could be mistaken on that. Uh, he chased down Kapanen, who is one of the fastest skaters in the NHL. But Denis Gurionov can skate up there with just about anyone in this league. And we saw that on display when he chased down Kapanen. I'm sure if you type in those names on Twitter, uh, you'll find a video of that highlight. I uh, can't show it here, unfortunately, on YouTube because of copyright. But if you can find it on the condensed highlights or anything like that on social media, if you haven't seen it yet, truly an incredible play from an offensive-minded forward for the most part. Really good to see Denis Gurionov making defensive plays like that. I think that's a good sign for a guy that the Stars are hoping to kind of add to this team as they continue to build for the future. And, and it wasn't just Denis Gurionov. You got to talk about, of course, I feel like it's every game now, that Dallas Stars top line. Uh, Rupe Hint scores the game-winning goal. Joe Pavelski scores the second goal of the game to tie things up for the Stars. And, of course, Jason Robertson not missing out on the party. He assists on both of those goals as well as Denis Gurionov's goal. So Jason Robertson played a part in all three Dallas Stars scoring tallies. Really, really good stuff to see from the Calder Trophy finalists. 
again, we say it all the time, no sophomore slump for Jason Robertson. He's truly on fire. He's now on a crazy, I think, 10-game home point streak. Really, really good stuff from Jason Robertson, especially when he plays at home at the American Airlines Center. And I think that bodes well for him as he's another guy that the Stars are going to look to build around as the future continues to unfold for this organization. So it bodes really well that he plays well at home because I know the Stars fans love watching him play. Uh, and, you know, Saturday was just another reason for, to get excited about Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz and even Joe Pavelski. That top line continues to come through for Dallas when they need them most. And they they won the game. I mean, Joe Pavelski ties the game for the Stars. Rupe Hintz with a nice grinded out goal, crazy chaotic sequence in front of Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins in the crease. Rupe Hintz stays with the play, focuses up and gets the puck in the back of the net. Just a complete breakdown i guess on that play but still really cool to see the stars fight through adversity come back down 2-0 to win that game 3-2 and get a crucial two points as we know now after what unfolded on sunday afternoon those two points proved to be very very crucial and i think we've seen some really good things from the stars from their first two games back on thursday and saturday on thursday we saw the stars go toe-to-toe with an offensive juggernaut uh, which, you know, is a really, really nice thing to see. We hadn't seen a whole lot of that this season. And then on Saturday, we saw them come back down 2-0. They hadn't really done that well whenever they're down in general. The Stars don't typically do very well when they give up the first goal in the game, let alone when they give up the first two or three goals in a game. So really, really encouraging stuff to see the Stars come out of this hiatus, doing things that we hadn't really seen them do before this season. I think they're starting to take steps in the right direction to establish themselves as a legit playoff contender. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also good for you. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's also so many delicious flavors to choose from. There's absolutely a flavor for everybody that wants to get in on the Bill Bar action. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, just to name a few. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so be sure to check out their website often to see what's new. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, you can get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Moving on to the next segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. We do have to talk about the inevitable, folks. We do have to talk about what transpired on Sunday afternoon in St. Louis, Missouri against the Blues. Oh, it just feels gross saying that name. Uh, Yeah, I think it's disappointing. Uh, Just get that out of the way. A gut-wrenching loss. Um, Hate to lose a hockey game the way that they did with the officiating down the stretch would have been terrible to lose that game to anyone, but especially losing it to a division rival who the history with is already just littered with so much bad blood and so much, I guess, controversy, if you will. um, And just so much hatred built up between these two organizations and the craziness on social media between the fan bases, what have it just a disappointing ending. Um, Some pretty pathetic officiating down the stretch. I know I was clear about that on Twitter. I'm going to be clear about it now. 
Uh, you know, I typically try to stay pretty tame with how I feel about officiating. And I don't think the Stars had been a victim of too much poor officiating this season, maybe outside of a few instances. But I truly do believe uh, that the game would have had a different result um, had Miro Haskinen drawn a penalty rather than getting called for one, which he did admit that he did slash. Uh, I, I don't even remember who he hit with this stick now. He admitted to doing that, but only after he was tripped up uh, by, I believe, Ryan O'Reilly late uh, down the stretch, whenever the, the Blues scored that game-tying goal on the six-on-four. Uh, just truly a disappointing ending, a pretty pitiful act by the, by the NHL officials there. Uh, I'm hoping that they come out with some sort of explanation down the stretch at the time of recording this. They have not done so. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, they've done that. But But truly... Uh, a bizarre ending to the game, a disappointing ending to the game. The Stars absolutely robbed of at least one point uh, because I think it is one thing that that the Stars lost that game. I, I I don't think by it's out of you know out of pocket to say that the Blues could have come back and tied that game at least just given their talent. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, the St. Louis Blues are a good hockey team. They do have good offensive players. I think it wouldn't have been too weird or out of pocket for them to come back and tie that game without all of the penalty shenanigans, the power play shenanigans, the stick losing shenanigans, stakes break, sticks breaking. But just the way that it ended, super disappointing. Who's to say how it would have ended had all that not gone down? But I think the game ends a little bit different, and I think it at least ends with Dallas getting at least one point out of that matchup. But all of that said, I think it's fair to say that a missing link for the Stars team this season has been their inability to find any consistency on the road. and. I think despite the ending, despite the outcome, I think that the Stars took a step in the right direction in showing that they've found a little bit of footing and ability to play a full game on the road. Jason Robertson was quoted saying, and even Coach Bonus quoted saying in his postgame presser, that that was one of, if not the best road performances from the team so far this season. Clearly not the offensive output that they wanted, but they found a way to have themselves up over the opposition late in the game. Braden Holtzby played a fantastic game. We'll touch on him in just a moment. But I, I do agree. I think this was the most complete road game that we've seen from the Dallas Stars so far this season. I think that game against Calgary a while back was a nice game, but still some issues there that, you know, they were still ironing things out at that point. They've had some other nice road wins, some other nice road games. I think that game in Vegas was a good game, but a lot of sloppy mistakes down the stretch cost them that. But this game in St. Louis, I think, is a step in the right direction, especially given that the Stars' schedule will be on the road quite a bit. Uh, they'll play at home on Wednesday against the Kraken, but then they hit the road next weekend for two games in Florida against the, against the Panthers and then a date with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think that they have an opportunity to build off of this game in those two games and show that that wasn't just a fluke performance, that they can continue to compete at a high level with these really talented teams on the road away from home ice. And a guy that was helping lead the way for that was, again, Jason Robertson, we talked about how he showed up huge on Saturday against Pittsburgh. Well, he showed up huge in this game as well, scoring the lone goal for the Stars in this matchup. He has five points over three games since the Stars have come back from their hiatus. He and the top line just haven't skipped a beat. They continue to play really hard together. They continue to play well with one another. Miro Haskinen got involved with the assist, as well as Joe Pavelski. So again, the top line finding chemistry there. But nice to see Miro Haskinen getting in the scoring column as well for the Stars. I feel like before the hiatus, he had fallen off a little bit as far as points go, but he's gotten pretty active in these past few games and really found a way to establish himself and assert himself in these games and help be a competitive asset for this Dallas Stars team. And Brayden Holtby, who I touched on a second ago, deserves a ton of credit for this game. Hard to pin the results of this game on him. 
The first goal he gives up was on a crazy six-on-four sequence when there should have been a stoppage of time because of a penalty against St. Louis. I believe it was Michael Roffel or some Stars player had a broken stick, so they're really playing with three and a half men on the ice. Just an insane sequence. He gives up a goal there. And then, of course, the second goal from Cairo bounces off Yanni Hockenpah's leg. I mean, maybe could have made a play on it, but just such a bang-bang weird thing that you don't expect. Hard to pin this loss on Braden Holtby. He had 29 saves, a .935 save percentage. A really good performance from him. I don't think that you can complain too much about what we saw. He did make some really big saves throughout the entire game. It was really frustrating St. Louis. And Jordan Bennington, on the other side of things, was making some big plays for St. Louis. But, of course, sometimes you have two goalies that are just playing out of their minds, and it just takes one guy to break the seal. And Jason Robertson was that guy, and he played the hero for most of the game up until the referee stepped in and said, hey, I didn't get enough attention this weekend. I really need to get my attention now. So they took that from Jason Robertson. But nonetheless, a lot of really encouraging things to pull from this game, even though we're all frustrated about how this game unfolded, how the game came to an end, how the Stars don't get any points from this despite them deserving it. That's a quote from Coach Rick Bonus as well, that they deserved to win. They deserve at least a point, if not two points, from this game because it's a costly one. It's a costly game to not get any points because it's a division opponent. St. Louis gets two points in the standings. The Stars, with the win, would have moved ahead of Winnipeg, uh, I do believe they have 37, and I think the Stars have 36 points, something like that. I think they would have been up one point over Winnipeg. I uh, can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head in this moment, but the Stars would have moved up a little bit in the Central Division standings, which would have been absolutely massive, and they've also would have moved, pushed their win streak to five going up against a Kraken team that's been struggling this season at home on Wednesday and with an opportunity there to extend the streak back to six, and then we're talking about matching you know, the season high win streak for this season twice, uh, tw a seven, a potential seven game win streak twice in the season. Again, of course, we would have been getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves because they would have had to have win a game against the Florida Panthers on Sat on Friday. But I digress. All of this to say, I think that a, a nice part, another positive we can take away from this disastrous loss to the Blues is, is there's always something about losing that gives you the potential to have the last laugh. And I think that's one of the beauties of sports because sports never really have an ending. I mean, seasons end, players' times in respective leagues ends, but sports are always going to continue to go. One season ends, a new one starts. It's a never-ending schedule, and there's still a lot of hockey left to be played this season. The Stars won't match up with the Blues again in the regular season, but who knows what could happen if both teams end up making the postseason. You know, it gives the Stars a potential to play villain, to play a spoiler later down the line and get the last laugh. You look at... You know, the NFL, I know I always kind of draw comparisons to other sports, but, you know, life imitates art. And I think sports imitate sports in a lot of ways, even if it's football, the hockey, basketball, the baseball, you name it. You look at last season, uh, the New Orleans Saints playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the same division. They play each other twice every season. Tom Brady moves to Tampa Bay. He gets to match up with his friend Drew Brees twice. And the Saints embarrass the Buccaneers two times in the regular season, once on Sunday night football. In prime time, I think holding the Buccaneers to nine points or something while putting up 38 of their own. The Saints absolutely embarrassing the Buccaneers in front of the entire country. People are saying, oh, Tom Brady can't hang in the NFC. He's not going to be able to make it far in the playoffs. He can't even beat one of the teams in his own division against Breeze, who was about to retire. But then the playoffs come around. Different story. Tom Brady gets the best of Drew Brees in New Orleans, not even in Tampa Bay. Defeats Drew Brees at home. Make, sends him into retirement on a bitter note goes on to win the Super Bowl, despite what happened in the regular season. So that's just something to keep in mind as we 
continue to swallow this tough pill that is this loss to the Blues is that it's never over till it's over. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website is where you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And moving on to the closing segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, I want to take a moment and just kind of talk about address, uh, I think, an issue that the Stars have been facing. Despite all the positives we've seen from these first three games back from the COVID hiatus, I think there's kind of been a recurring theme that they that either Josh and Razor have talked about at the end of games or even the post-game crew on Stars Live. Uh, and that is the Stars and face-offs, which is a weird thing to be saying because if you look at the NHL as a whole as far as face-offs go, the Dallas Stars actually ranked second across the entire league in face-off win percentage with a 55.3% win percentage in the face-off circle. That's pretty good. They're behind Toronto, who has 55.6% win percentage. So not too much separation there, but also not too much separation in the top three as Carolina comes in at third with 55.1% face-off win percentage. So not a whole lot of separation. But nonetheless, the Dallas Stars, one of the best face-off teams in the entire league this season, which they have been historically with guys like Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski joining the team as of late. They always have guys that are really, really good in the faceoff circle, which typically bodes well for you whenever you're playing a hockey game because in order to establish good possession, especially in the offensive zone, you have to win your faceoffs, And that's something that the Stars have done well for the most part of this season in most of their games. However, at the end, especially of some of their more recent games, especially these three most recent games, I think there's been a lot of issues with the Stars not winning faceoffs, and as a result, they're not able to clear their zone, and that gives the opposition an opportunity to crawl back into whatever game they're playing. On Thursday, I know that it was especially harped on during the broadcast that the Stars could not clear the defensive zone, and that caused the Florida Panthers eventually, you know, that fifth goal that tied the game, sent the game into overtime. Thankfully, the Stars were able to rally in OT and in the shootouts and get the win. But still, I feel like it was a position that the Stars, given their success in the faceoff circle this season, should not have been in. They, they, I think they even led the entire faceoff percentage for that game. But when it came down to crunch time, down the stretch, time to be clutch, they could not get the job done. The Pittsburgh game got a little chippier, got a little edgier than maybe it should have because they couldn't clear the defensive zone. And Pittsburgh got a lot of opportunities at the end of that game to even things up and potentially send that game to OT. But even the St. Louis game, we talked about how it might have ended differently without a penalty call. It might have also ended differently if Dallas is able to win some of their faceoffs in the defensive zone while shorthanded, which is easier said than done, granted. But still, it would have been huge if they could have cleared the zone, win the faceoffs a few times, and help keep the puck out of the possession of St. Louis, despite all of the chaos that was occurring with you know six guys on the ice for the St. Louis, three and a half guys on the ice for the Dallas Stars. 
So just not not anything that I think be too worried about, but just something to kind of make note of and maybe a little bit concerning for the Stars going forward. And I'm hoping as they practice on Monday, Tuesday, as they prepare for this game against Seattle on Wednesday, that they'll draw some attention to detail to that because I think that that's something that could potentially cost them some games down the road. Thankfully, it didn't cost them the game on Thursday. It could have potentially been what cost them this game on Sunday, at least part of the reason that the game uh, you know, they ended up taking the loss on Sunday, just reasserting themselves as dominant in the faceoff circle for all stretches of the game, not just in the first and second period, but down the stretch in the third. That's the most important time to do it. And given some of the guys that they have and their numbers this season, there's really no excuse. You have Michael Roffel leading the team with a 71% win percentage in the faceoff circle. Luke Glendening, 61%. Joe Pavelski and Jamie Bennett, 56%. Tyler Sagan, 54%. And Rupe Hintz, 51%. So all of these guys, you know, you put them in the faceoff circle 10 times, at least five times out of 10. Michael Roffel, seven times out of 10, they're winning that draw. And so we really need those wins to be coming down the stretch, not just late in the game. And of course, these opposing teams are putting their best man in the faceoff circle in those instances. But I think the Stars need to do that as well. So maybe consider putting Michael Roffel in the faceoff circle at all times inside five minutes down the stretch for the Dallas Stars going forward because it's been one of their strengths this season but it needs to be a strength throughout the whole game and not just the opening two frames. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we'll dive into some John Klingberg talks. I'm sure many of you have heard over the weekend the rumors starting to fully come to light about the John Klingberg situation here in Dallas. We'll be talking about that on tomorrow's show. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Be sure to also subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you find your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. The show is always 100% free to view and listen to wherever. You can also find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. That's at D-A-N-E two underscores. L-E-W-I-S. You can also find the show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow there as well. Let's take a deep breath, Stars fans, and let's get through this week together. Got a big game coming up on Wednesday. The Stars are going to bounce back and recover from that loss in St. Louis because they've shown that they can so far, and I don't think there's any reason for us to doubt them after what we've seen from them coming out of this hiatus. So we'll see you back here tomorrow, Stars fans. Have a great day.